Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series is on the parables of Jesus. A terrific companion to this teaching is Kevin's best-selling book, Mystery Parables of the Kingdom, available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook formats from Amazon in your area, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. All right, I'd like you to turn uh, your Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 25. And we're looking at the uh, 12th Kingdom of Heaven parable that uh, we've been sharing. Now what I want to do in, uh, is sort of try and bring a lot of loose ends together tonight as well as share on this parable. And uh, I'm sure you realize that uh, we've sort of just touched on the surface of some of them, only because of time. But uh, trust that there's been enough for us to allow the Holy Spirit to water the seed. All right, so let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless us. Father, we just uh, thank you once again for just the privilege of being in your presence. And we pray now as we open your word, we pray that you will open your word to our hearts. We realize, Lord, always that your book is just a seal book unless you come as the lamb and break the seals to us. We come as a worshiping people, Lord, and as we worship you, you break the word to our understanding. Open your word, open our, uh, the scriptures, open our eyes, open our understanding as we share together tonight in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read verses 14 through to 30. And uh, as I said, this is the uh, last of the 12 Kingdom of Heaven parables that we've been looking in Matthew. And uh, I think it's a very, uh, very challenging parable to sort of uh, uh, bring it to a conclusion because this parable is just given before uh, Jesus is going to go and uh, establish the Lord's table and then be crucified and buried and go back to the Father. And this is his last parable. So verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, uh, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hadst not sown and gathering where thou hadst not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou orders therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming 
I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pray the Lord will bless the word to our hearts. Now I want to, just you, uh, for those of you, how, how many were not able to be here last week? Okay, I do encourage you to pick up the tape because uh, uh, what we're sharing on tonight is so linked up with uh, last week that you sort of need to um, get last week's tape as well as uh, what we're sharing tonight. Now, as we saw last week, in verse 45 of the previous chapter, there are two particular words that we picked up there. And remember that there were no chapter divisions, that uh, the uh, context of the whole uh, uh, chapters here, like chapter 24 and chapter 25, have to do with the coming of the Lord and the details of his coming. And I believe that these parables are more applicable to the days that you and I are living, more applicable to the, the hour of the Lord's coming than ever in the history of the church. Of course, truth is always applicable in every generation, but I believe they're more applicable uh, because of the time element. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto, and so forth, the time element there. Now, in verse 45, we picked up two words last week, and we said that these two words are actually uh, the foundation for the two parables in what we have as chapter 25. So in verse 45 it says, Who then is a faithful, everybody say faithful. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, everybody say wise. Okay, so faithful and wise, faithfulness and wisdom. So they are the two words, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. It's a question. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? All right. Now, when you get to chapter 25, verses 1 through to 13, deal with the wise and the opposite, foolish virgins, wise and foolish virgins. So, illustrating who then is faithful and wise, who then is wise. And then what we're looking at tonight, verses 14 through to 30, have to do with the faithful servants. Well done, thou good and faithful, in contrast to the slothful servant. So, uh, these two parables are really founded on verse 45. Let me just put this on the overhead here just to uh, remind us of what, what we said last week and um, what we're saying again tonight here. Now, we won't be able to work through the column of this because I want to stick to the parable, but as you go through the Gospel of Matthew, it's interesting to pick up how Jesus deals with this whole uh, thing of wise and faithful servants. So who then is a wise and faithful servant, and uh, just to work through the Gospel of Matthew on one side, on the wise and foolish virgins, and the use of wisdom in this, uh, in this Gospel, and then you'll notice that we end up with Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, wise and foolish builders. Now in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, we had wise and foolish virgins. So who then is a wise servant? So the gospel seems to uh, begin with wise and foolish builders and it closes off here with wise and foolish virgins. The difference between wise and foolish builders was what? Foundation. Everybody say foundation. Okay, a proper foundation. The foolish builder had no foundation and when the, the storm came and the house was tested, great was the fall of it, great falling away. A uh, wise builder, uh, he dug deep and, uh, and he, he laid a proper foundation. 
Now we get to the wise and foolish virgins. The difference between the wise and foolish virgins is what? Oil. So one has to do with foundation, and one has to do with oil. Okay, so that's the picture we have there. Now, we're coming over here to the faithful and slothful servants and uh, picking up the other word. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant? So now we're looking at the whole key uh, faithfulness and the opposite to that is being slothful. All right, now let's just move reasonably quickly through the parable because as I said, I want to bring a number of things together tonight and answer some questions that are still in your mind about outer darkness and a few things like that. See how we go here. All right, so we'll just work through. I've got so much material here, so I just have to condense always. So uh, following our usual format here, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. Now, you'll notice the difference in these last two parables. The first uh, of these last two parables, in the parable of the virgins, the virgins are waiting for their Lord. But in the parable of the talents, the servants are working for their Lord. So one is waiting for the Lord's coming, the other is working for the Lord's coming. That's the difference we have here. Uh, the parable of virgins is waiting for their Lord, and here in the parable of the talents is working for the Lord. Both of them you're going to see uh, bring out uh, the truth of accountability, responsibility, and accountability. All right, so that's what we want to pick up now. Let's just uh, touch on some of the uh, points in the parable itself. We have, I have in my own notes here the parable symbols and the interpretation on the other column. All right, so the kingdom of heaven is likened unto, it represents, it, it resembles, as we've seen, unto a man. And the man is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll notice right through the parables as we've been working through them in the uh, man looking for the goodly pearls, the man who uh, found the treasure hid in the field, uh, the man who sowed seed. We have this man all the way through, and I believe it's pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ as the man. So he is the man. And then uh, it says here, this, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country. All right, what far country did he go to? And why don't you turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 uh, on this verse here anyway. Hebrews chapter 11. And you'll see this in several of the parables about going into a far country. And what is that far country? Hebrews chapter 11 is very clear on this. And we'll pick up in verse 13. Hebrews 11 verse 13. I want you to notice in, in this passage here the two different countries, an earthly country and a heavenly country, okay? Hebrews 11 and verse uh, 14. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. This is referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, and, and so forth. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, what sort of a country? A heavenly country. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So we have a heavenly country, a heavenly city, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were uh, sojourners in the land of uh, Canaan. They lived in tents and paid no rent. They lived in tabernacles because uh, they were looking for a heavenly country, a heavenly city. So uh, what sort of a country are we looking for? What sort of a city are we looking for? How many are looking for a heavenly one? All right, so it confirms that. So the kingdom of heaven is the man, uh, as a man. So the man is the Lord Jesus Christ. Traveling into the far country is heaven. Returning back to the heavenly country from whence he came. And then uh, back to Matthew 25 here. 
who called his own servants. So we have a call here, and they're his own servants. Now, I want to put this question into your mind here at the moment, and then answer it later, uh, God willing, time willing, uh, is that this parable, in fact, as we're going to see all the parables in Matthew, particularly the three of the parables that speak of outer darkness, they are actually spoken to believers. So this parable has to do with believers because the slothful servant was thrown into outer darkness. What is meant by outer darkness? A wailing and gnashing of teeth. So we can't say Jesus called his servants and some of the servants were believers and uh, some of the servants were unbelievers who got talents and then they were thrown into hell. So that's the general interpretation, uh, particularly for some who hold a certain doctrine and want to uh, you know, justify it. But this is to believers, his servants. A sinner is not his servant. This is written to believers. So uh, he called his own servants. All right, so you and I who belong to him. This is not referring to sinners. It's referring to Christians, to believers. I am his servant tonight. You are his servant. How many are his servants here tonight? Okay, so he called his own servants. They were his servants, not sinners. Okay, these are his servants. All right, and then it says, he delivered unto them his goods. Okay, he delivered unto them his goods. Okay, what, what, what are the Lord's goods now? Just picture the picture we have. Here is the Lord Jesus Christ as the man, and he's going to go back to the Father. He's going to go into that far country by the ascension. And so just before he goes, he calls his own servants, his disciples, and uh, he delivers unto them his goods. Now, what are his goods? I'd like you to take down uh, uh, some scriptures here in a moment. Let me just read verse 15 for a moment. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. I like to liken that, that going to the far country and straightway took his journey, going back to the Father. As he said, I came forth from the Father and I came into the world. Again, I leave the world and go back to the Father. So uh, he's, he's on his journey, his journey from heaven to earth then fulfilling his ministry here, and then his journey back to the Father. So kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country, going back to the Father. And so he calls his servants together, and he delivered unto them his goods. So he gave one, five talents, and another one, two talents, and to another one. And you'll notice that everybody was given talents according to their several ability. Sometimes people say to me, Brother Connor, you're so talented. I wish I had your talents. I say, I say to them, well, you want to thank God you haven't. Because the more you have, the more you're responsible for. And so sometimes they say, oh, Brother Connie, you seem to have about 50 talents. You can play the piano, you can play the tissue paper and comb, you can sing like a gale in the night, and you have so many talents. Uh, I've only got one. Well, you better thank the Lord you've only got one because you're only accountable for one. If you've got 20 talents or 100 talents, the more you have, the more you're responsible for. So don't ever get jealous of somebody else who's got a lot of talents. Say, oh, I wish I had their talents. Because greater ability, responsibility, accountability. That's the whole picture here. All right, so whether you've got five talents, two talents, one talent, half a talent, or just a talent, uh, we're all responsible to the Lord. So he took his journey. Now, I'd like you to look up some scriptures with me, and you'll notice that as the Lord called his servants uh, to him, he gave them talents according to 
everyone's several ability. Now, the, all, the Lord knows each of our abilities, and some have more abilities than others, and, uh, and the Lord knows how much we can handle. So he didn't give them anything beyond what they could handle. That's really important to remember. The Lord never gives us anything beyond what we can handle. He knows the measure of our ability. All right, so let's look at some scriptures here on what I believe are his goods and about ability. 1 Peter chapter 4, I'd like you to look at these scriptures with me. 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, we'll read verse 10 and 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. All right, Peter writing to the believers, and he says, As every man have received, hath received the gift. Okay, so he gave to them his talents, his goods. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So uh, receiving the gift and minister the same one to another, this is what spiritual trading is with. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, and you'll notice this, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. So whether you have gift or grace, we've all got to be stewards and minister the same one to another. If we speak, we're to speak as the oracles of God. If we minister or serve, do it with the ability which God gives. So he gave everyone according to their several ability that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So his goods include gifts and graces, whether the ability to speak or to minister, where to be good stewards of the many-sided, the manifold grace of God. Let's turn over to First um, Corinthians chapter 4, First Corinthians chapter 4, because you see the whole of this parable has to do with stewardship. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And... Uh, what the Lord trusts us with. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. Listen to what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. Let a man so account of us as of the, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right, so we're stewards of the mysteries of God and it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. While we're in Corinthians, these are some of the goods that the Lord gives us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, if you're taking down notes, you can just put verses, verses 1 through to 13. But we'll just pick up in verse 8. So 1 Corinthians 12 and verses 1 through to 13, but we'll read verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work of that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So gifts of the Spirit are his goods. So they're given to us that we may use them for his glory. Okay, so diversities of gifts. In fact, go back to verse uh, 4, and let's uh, look at this whole thought of his goods again. In verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, referring to the nine gifts of the Spirit. 
And verse 5, there are differences of administrations, so the margin says ministries, referring to the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, but the same Lord. And then in verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. You'll notice the whole Godhead is involved there. In verse 4, you have the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. Verse 5, you have the Son, the Lord Jesus, different ministries. And then verse 6, you have the Father, uh, diversities of operations. He makes the gifts and the ministries work. And then go down to uh, verse 27 of the same chapter. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all have five talents, do all have two talents? No. Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. So these are his goods. So he gives gifts and graces and gifts of the Spirit and ministry gifts and so forth. Uh, uh, put down, uh, we won't turn to this one, Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. Luke 12 verse 48. To whom men have keep, uh, committed the more, of him shall much be required. So the more that is committed to us, the more is required of, of us. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse uh, 6. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. And Paul says to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is within thee. Don't be like the man who received the one talent and went and hid it, never used it. So neglect not the gift that is within thee. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul writes to Timothy again, Stir up the gift of God that is within thee by the putting on of my hands. So stirring up. Timothy was inclined to be like the slothful servant. He received gifts and talents, but through fear and timidity, uh, he was inclined to neglect the gift that was in him. And so Paul uh, said, uh, Neglect not the gift, stir it up. And then uh, Romans chapter 12, let's look at this one. Romans chapter 12. So all these uh, scriptures I'm giving you refer to gifts of the Spirit, graces of the Lord, talents, uh, His goods, things that the Lord gives us. And uh, these are the different ta talents that the Lord gives to different members in the body or His servants. Romans chapter 12. And you can put down, uh, well, let's see, verse, uh, verse 3, through to, 3 to, uh, through to 8. Romans chapter 12. And verses 3 through to 8. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So he gave every man according to his several ability. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Here it is again in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. He gave them according to their several ability, five talents, two talents, six talents, ten talents, one talents, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Ministry, wait on your ministry. He that teacheth, wait on his teaching. He that exhorts on exhortation. He that has ministry of giving, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules, let him do it with diligence. He that shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. And so forth. So all of these things are the Lord's talents, His goods that He gives us 
and every one of us, if we belong to Lord Jesus Christ and we're members of the body of Christ, then every one of us in this room have been given some talent. Now, there's some, some have natural talents like music and singing and so forth, but there's other talents uh, that are spiritual gifts, uh, gifts of the Spirit. There's other talents that are like ministry gifts. There's other talents of, of showing mercy and giving. And there's not one member in the body of Christ here tonight that hasn't got at least one talent. Some have more than that, but uh, all of us are, uh, are accountable to the Lord. So he gives according to his several ability. All right, now let's go back to the parable uh, quickly here, as that clock just seems to go so fast. All right, so verse, uh, verse 16 onwards, we see how the one that received the five talents went and traded with the same, and he made other five talents. And then the one who received the two talents, he went and uh, uh, traded with that, and he gained two. Now, uh, what would be the spiritual significance of that? All right, uh, in other words, the, 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 the uh, steward or the servant that had five talents, he went, he used what he had according to his ability, he used what he had and he gained five more talents. In other words, he reproduced what was given to him. Now, how many know that uh, you, we, we all reproduce after our kind? How many know that? All six of us. How many know that we reproduce after our kind? Now, I've found this, and this is why I believe it's necessary in a church to have a variety of ministries. Over the years, my major grace or disgrace is teaching. I think you know that. I'm not a flaming evangelist, anything like that. I always wanted to be. I got a tent one time, and I won't tell you about that. It's in the book of Acts, chap <laughs> uh, chapter 666. Uh, had more people outside than inside. Just powerful it was. Um, that, we'll keep that for another day. And, uh, but I ended up, my major grace being teaching and so forth. Okay, so over the years, I have used the talents that the Lord has given me and I have reproduced myself. I've invested myself in men like Ken Malman and Frank DiMazio and a few others like that over the years and I have reproduced myself and I've traded with what the Lord has given me and reproduced myself. And then there's others who are uh, like uh, evangelists and they have reproduced themselves. I think of uh, Brother Shock down in Los Angeles. He's a prophet of God. And his whole church turned out to be prophets, a little bunch of prophets. And they would prophesy like him and they would uh, enunciate like him and they would uh, shout like him and they would stammer like him and they would shake like him. Uh, he just reproduced himself. But he needed some other ministry. So we all reproduce after our kind. And mercy, mercy showers, they reproduce. Those who have hospitality, and they reproduce those people with a, uh, a ministry of hospitality. We all reproduce after our kind. Those who are musicians, if you've got music in you, uh, you'll reproduce. Uh, how many understand what I'm saying? So that's what I believe is talking about trading with what the Lord gives us. Using what we have. And so that was the uh, faithfulness in their stewardship there. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Now, when we come to verse 18, the tragedy of this one, and you'll notice the verses that are given to him, he that had received one talent, he went and digged it in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, we're here taking the uh, uh, symbolic significance of this. We receive a talent from the Lord according to our ability and we hide it in our heart, this earth. We're made from earth. And we hide the Lord's money, we hide the Lord's talent instead of uh, trading. And so you'll notice in verse 19, the language there, after a long time. Okay, after a long time. Everybody knows this famous line by now? <laughs> All right, so 
The Lord has gone as the man into the far country and has given unto them talents. He says, okay. In another gospel, he puts it this way, occupy till I come. All right, so now they have to trade, spiritually trade and use what the Lord has given to us. Now, after a long time, long time, this whole church age, we come to the Lord coming, the second coming. And once he comes, once you listen carefully to this, he's going to set up his kingdom that we've talked about in Matthew chapter 13, when he's going to gather out of his kingdom in its present state all things that are found of them which do iniquity and cast them into a furnace of fire, but uh, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Okay? So after a long time, the Lord comes, second coming. And when he comes, there comes a time of accountability. So he, uh, in verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. The word reckon is to take account of them, so a time of accountability. This brings us actually uh, at least to the time when, when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the, what's, uh, what the Greek word there is, the bema seat and the, judge, uh, the judgment uh, seat of Christ. And let me just say this, so I'll just uh, qualify some things. Christians will be judged at the bema seat of Christ, not as to salvation, but as to our works, as to what we've done. And at the end of the thousand years, we have another uh, great judgment. I'll just abbreviate this. The GWT, which is the J, GWT, J, the great white throne judgment. And that's only for sinners. No Christian will be at the great white throne judgment. We'll be there as witnesses. Because we'll be there to testify to the sinners, say, I witness to you about the Lord Jesus Christ, and you wouldn't even listen. You just mocked the gospel. So I'll be there in the great court case. That's going to be the universal court case. I'd like to preach, uh, preach on that one day, the great white throne judgment. But this beamer seat at the second coming of the Lord. So he's going to take account of his servants. And uh, that's, that's going to be a very challenging time. Now, uh, we see briefly the, the Lord's reward there to the good and faithful. He said, well done now, good and faithful. So getting back, who then is the faithful and wise servant? Um, just trying to give you a couple of scriptures here. There's a scripture in Proverbs somewhere. Uh, trying to think of it. I'll, 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 I'll try and quote it. It says, Confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. How many remember that proverb? Confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. And so here was lack of faithfulness, and the opposite to faithfulness here was slothfulness. So the great re uh, reward that these uh, ones who'd used their talents uh, was well done, they are good and faithful uh, servant, love slave, you've been faithful over a few things, I will make thee rule over many things, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And once you notice the word the Lord uses here, he says, he doesn't say, well done, thou faithful servant. <clears throat> What's the word he uses? Well done, thou good and faithful. Now, Mark's, uh, how many know that Mark's a good pianist? How many know that I'm reasonably good? Okay, 
you can have a good pianist and a good musician or a good singer, but they may not be faithful. The reward goes for faithfulness. So well done thou good and faithful. There's a lot of people that are good, but they're not always faithful. Okay? Reliable, dependable, trustworthy. Okay, he says, well done thou good and faithful servant. All right, now, verse 24, quickly here, I have to skip some of this. The one that had received the one talent came, and now you, you, you see his whole heart attitude, because out of the... Out of the Abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to his attitude about the Lord. So you've got these people, you know, uh, every church has some, so you've got these uh, group of people here who are good and faithful, reliable, dependable, talented, and they're there and use their talents. And you've got this uh, slothful servant. And... Uh, the difference in heart attitude between these is exposed because listen to what the, the one talent man says. He says, Lord. So he called Jesus Lord. Certainly not applicable to a sinner as the traditional interpretation says. Lord. No man can say Jesus Lord but by the Spirit. And you see, it'll help us to understand about this man who's a believer being cast into outer darkness. What is outer darkness? Okay, so Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. And uh, the, the amplifier, I think it is, says, you are harsh, and uh, not an oyster man, someone said oyster, austere man. Um, I knew it was impossible to please or serve you, and nothing would satisfy you, whatever I did. So I did not use the talent, nor, nor lose it, I just hit it. Here it is. That's his whole attitude. So his whole attitude to the Lord is, oh, it's hard serving the Lord. Okay. He just wants to get thing out, reaping where he hasn't sown, uh, uh, sown and, and uh, gathering where he hasn't stored. And uh, I don't want to lose my talent, but I don't want to use it. But it's a principle you lose what you don't use. So, he said, I don't want to lose it, but I don't want to use it. So he hid it. So his whole attitude to the Lord, his whole attitude, and you know, uh, people have an attitude about serving the Lord, Oh, God's hard, and if I don't come to the meetings, I'll, I'll go into hell and all of that, you know, and just grind through life. In fact, they don't enjoy their salvation, they endure it. I'm enjoying mine, aren't you? Right? And his whole attitude. And so the Lord rebukes him, says, look, at least you could have given my money the changes, and uh, at least I would have got some bank interest, the way interest is today in Australia. Now, I, I never did understand this verse in 29. I'm sure everybody pretty well can say amen with me. I never did understand, for under, unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not, hath not what? Shall be taken away either, even that which he hath. How many understand that verse? How many think it's, it's a sort of a weird verse? Hands up. I'm asking you a question. Okay, it, it, it is a weird verse verse, but let's, let's apply it in the parable, see, unto everyone that has used what he was given shall more be given. Because the Lord said, take the talents from this man and give to him. So unto everyone that has used what he was given shall more be given, and he'll have, he'll have abundance. 
but from him that hath not used what he was given shall be taken away even that which he had. How many see that now? So the five and the two who used it, they were given and had more abundance. But from him that had not used what he was given, it was taken away from him. Now the tragic end of this was that the man was cast into, uh, in verse 30, and cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. I have five minutes. How many are getting convicted tonight? Because this parable is for you. This parable is for you. It's significant that in the Gospel of Matthew there are three outer darkness parables and they all concern Christians. They all concern believers. So you can't do what the, a lot of the expositors do and say, oh, that's nothing, outer darkness has nothing to do with the Christian. That's hell. That's for the sinners. No. Let me say what they are here as we try and make the best of our last few moments. In Matthew chapter 8, those who are cast into outer darkness there, it's because of lack of faith. Now, Jesus is talking to the religious people and he says, the many shall come from the north and the south and the east and west and sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but you, children of the kingdom, will be cast out. What does he mean by that casting out? Because, he said, I've never seen such great faith not even, pardon me, not even in Israel. This was faith of a Gentile. And this is exactly what's happened today because the Gentiles throughout the world are coming into faith into Christ while Jewry is still in unbelief. Children of the kingdom being cast out. Okay, first out of darkness parable. We need to spend the whole night on that to do it properly. Then Matthew chapter 22, the next out of darkness parable we've seen together was the man who came into the wedding and refused the wedding garment. As we saw, he wasn't taken up to heaven and then cast out of heaven. Nobody's going to get into heaven without a wedding garment and then get uh, tossed out. No, no, no. These parables take place right here on earth. Okay, take it for what it's worth. Don't throw it away. Uh, I might be right. Then in Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 51, listen to what the evil servant's portion is. What do you do with this? Uh, we've just read about the faithful and wise servant, but he says, uh, if that evil servant shall say in his heart, oh, my Lord delayeth his coming, after a long time the Lord cometh, but my Lord delays his coming, so he didn't have the secret rapture when he thought it would take, take place, and he shall begin to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour that he's not aware of, and listen, and shall cut him in sunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, the evil servant's portion, he's talking to believers, is with the evil servant's portion. Then in Matthew chapter 25, the foolish virgins. Did they get into heaven and knock on the door of heaven and say, hey, we've been able to get the oil now, let's get into heaven. And the door was shut in heaven, they were cast out. No, 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 the parable takes right place here on earth, contrary to most of the expositors. Now we come to Matthew chapter 25 and verses 14 through to 30. And this man who didn't use his, power, uh, his talent was cast into uh, outer darkness. Then number six, 
We have a very similar parable in Luke chapter 12, verse 41 and 48, on the unfaithful stewards. Let's turn quickly uh, to uh, Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11, and uh, time's just about up. I'll just say a couple of thoughts. Just put it in your little seed bag, and maybe when we have a question night one time, between now and the millennium, uh, we'll have more time to indulge. But I hope you're all challenged, because it's not just a parable, this is the truth. Amen? And all of us have been given talents. Are you using your talents in Waverly Christian Fellowship or waiting for me to say, well, why don't you do this? No, there's plenty to do. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 1 and 2. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise, measure the temple of God and the altar, and measure the worshippers, them that worship him. That's a series in itself there. But the court, which is without the temple, if you've got a marginal reference, the Greek there, leave out, is literally to cast out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. How many remember what Jesus said about the salt? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savour, what happens? It is good for nothing but to be, and the same language is used of Christians who have lost their salt and become savourless salt is used here of the tribulation period. So cast out and tread it underfoot. It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out. Now, you have this all the way through. Now, let me summarise it with this and as I said, don't throw it away, okay? There's more in this than meets the ear. And I know it's contrary to the average commentary because they don't like this and say, oh, this can't be for believers, this is for sinners. Whereas I think we as believers just need to have some good holy fear of God in us and be challenged, don't you think? Challenge me. Before the Lord Jesus comes, the book of Revelation shows... There's going to be a period of great tribulation. There's always been tribulation, but this is going to be the tribulation, the great one, the great tribulation. And as you go through all the parables I've given you, parable one, the seed of the word, parable two, the weed and the tares, parable three, the mustard seed, parable four, and all these 12 parables that I've worked through with you, you'll find every one of them come down to this period of time and they'll usher two groups of people. There will be a group of people that will go into this and lose their life. They won't lose their salvation. They are tribulation saints. Out of court, out of darkness. You see, we didn't have time to finish this, but when the man was put out of the wedding, outside the wedding room, there was a court. All the houses had a court. And the court was in outer darkness. And the man was cast into the outer darkness, into the court until the wedding was over and he missed the festivities. Now, we're not talking about losing salvation. Okay? We're talking about tribulation saints. There's going to be a people that's going to be preserved through it and come into this and receive the fullness of their rewards. Let's finish with this. All that I've given you summarize in the 12 parables you'll see Stony, thorny, unfruitful ground, fruitful ground, wheat and tares, mustard seed, birds of corruption, meal and leaven, treasure field, pearl of great price, other pearls, 
good and bad fish, merciful, unmerciful servants, uh, vineyard laborers, vineyard hirelings, wedding robe, no wedding robe, wise virgins, foolish virgins, talents, unused talents. Number 12, the last one before Jesus is crucified. And out of this, with all the, all the parables teach the two groups here, out of that, he says, then when he comes again, he will gather out of his kingdom. But then shall the righteous shine as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Well, something to think about. How many want to use your talents and use what the Lord's given you after this parable? That was a very weak amen. How many want to use their talents? I want to frighten you into using them. Otherwise, you have to give an account, not to Kevin Connor, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to be ready when that time hits the church. Amen? Let's all stand. Is everybody happy tonight? You feel a little bit sobered after this message? Thank you. I want to sober you into using what the Lord's given you. That's the thing. Father, we just uh, thank you once again for your precious word. And we pray, Lord, that uh, all of our hearts will be challenged, Lord, by what we've uh, shared tonight, Lord, this uh, final parable before you were crucified and raised from the dead and went back to the Father. We know, Lord, that the long time is coming to an end and that you are returning to your church. We pray, Lord, that we will be wise virgins with oil. Lord, that we'll be faithful servants using our talents. Lord, that we'll keep ourselves clean from mixture and corruption that's in the kingdom in these days. Prepare us for that uh, time, Father, that's coming on the church throughout the world. We want to be ready for your coming. Help us, Lord. And so we just pray that you'll let this uh, word fall upon the good ground of our heart and bring forth fruit unto eternal life. We ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with each other. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.